0: Let's get focused in on what God wants to uh, talk to us about tonight. We, I've talked to you before that God speaks to us mostly through his written word, right? And we are dedicated to preaching the word up here, all right? That we're not trying to give you my opinions or my tips because, friend, they ain't worth a dime. But I am trying to deliver to you God's word. And I think he's giving me a word for you guys this week as we continue our conversation on good news. Right. The good news of Jesus Christ. Anybody remember what another word for good news is? Gospel. Gospel. That's what I'm talking about. The gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ. And so we're walking our way through Galatians and tonight we're going to finish chapter one. All right. As, As we uh, trek along and do se- uh, session three of our uh, new series on Galatians that's going to push us through the summer, okay? Now, I want to talk to you guys from this portion of Scripture that we're going to talk about tonight, from the idea of, of the process, and that we need to trust the process. You see, um, the funny thing is is that um, nobody likes to go through the process, Right? Like nobody wants to go through the process, but the fact is that there's power in that process. As a matter of fact, like, the process is what makes the product. <laughs> you see, I bet we can all say that we want the product, but yet we could do without the process. You know what it takes to get there. This area of time between the blessing and uh, the beginning. We all want the blessing, but they don't we don't want to go through. And I say we, like including myself, we don't want to think about what it takes to get there. What it takes to get to that blessing, to that gifting, but that's the process. You see, we all want the sweet tasting watermelon. We all want, I love watermelon, man, much as everybody. We all want the sweet tasting watermelon, but we don't want to go through the process of having to plant that watermelon weed out the garden and so nothing comes and chokes out and that's the preaching right there just in that second we don't want to weed out the garden so nothing comes and chokes out the fruit and, and we definitely don't want to weed out the the error in our own life so that way we might get to the gift of the blessing of the product we don't want to go through the process of having to ex- pay and use our own money to have to uh, buy these seeds for the watermelon and, and fertilize the grounds. You know, we just want the watermelon without the process. That's why I drive my butt down to Smith County and I'll buy one. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll try not to next time. We we want the product, but we don't want to deal with the process. And that's because the difficulty of the process is it's sometimes hard. But may I just tell you this, the difficulty of the process is which allows us to appreciate the product that much more. Right. The difficulty of the process is what allows us to appreciate it that much more. You see, we've all heard about ungratefulness that we see in spoiled people. Right. Anybody ever think about that? That the most spoiled people with the biggest things in their life are the people who we often see are the most ungrateful people. Why? It's because they didn't have to work for what they achieved or what they gained. As hard as the process is, we must know that the product that comes after it, that God grants us, becomes much more enjoyable because we went through the process. Has anybody ever gone through something, right, this long awaited uh hoping to get to the end to get the product right and and after you acquired that after you got that gift after you achieved that goal man you look back on all the hard time it took to get there and you're like i'm glad i went through that it was worth it anybody ever been through that sports you're going to go through that time and time again all right getting even good at games man you got to go through the the process of getting smoked by some nine-year-old kid over and over again until you finally get good enough to tell him, there you got it, right? (laughs) But I'm gonna get sniped from a mile away over and over again because I ain't that good at it. And I ain't gonna put the time in. I'm not gonna go through the process, so why would I ever expect for me to have the product that I desire? So that's what I wanna talk about tonight, guys, is that we need to trust the process. Our scripture tonight comes from uh, Galatians 1, verses 11 through 24. <clears throat> There's two different slides there. We'll go with the first one then. I think it's 17 it goes over. Now it says this. If you don't have a Bible and you want to read behind me, that's cool. If you just want to jot these down, that's cool too. For I would have you know, brothers, that the gospel that we pr- was preached by me is not man's gospel. We, we've uh, talked about that last time. For I did not receive it from my, any man we talked about this being set apart last series who set me apart before I was born and who called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles. I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were the apostles before me. But I went away to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. And then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to visit Cephas that we know as Peter. And remained with him for 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. In what I am writing you, to you before God, I do not lie. Then I went into the regions of Syria and Cilicia. And I still was unknown in person to churches of Judea that are in Christ. For they only were hearing it said, He was used, who, who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith. He once tried to destroy, and they glorified God because of me. And they glorified God because of me. What are we seeing here? We're seeing that Paul is most definitely, most definitely, finding himself right dab in the middle of the process. Right in the middle of it. Well, we're talking years, right? He, he's finding himself right in the middle of the process. Um, And which we all know, and if you don't know, if you keep listening to me preach, you'll come to find out because I preach about Paul pretty often. Uh, The process will bring about one of the most fruitful products of ministry in in Paul that we will ever see. One of the the most beneficial additions to the Bible was the Holy Spirit using Paul. Seventy percent of the New Testament written by Paul. And yet where we see him right here is not. In that fruitful ministry right there where he's writing these, these letters that would be read until Christ comes back. But instead where we see him is in the process. See, you know what we don't see? Paul giving up. <laughs> you know what we don't hear? Paul complaining about the difficulties of his life. Which, man, if you haven't heard me talk about that, he went through some junk. Snake bit, shipwrecked three times, right? After the first time, I'd be like, you know what, I'm gonna just take my feet. Shipwrecked three times. Can you imagine getting in a plane accident, right? A plane crash, and then, uh, you know what? The next week, you're like, you know what, I gotta go to New York. I guess I'll just get a plane. You'd call that person crazy, right? Shipwrecked three times, beaten with whips, put into prison, an attempted death on his life by Jewish people who were trying to kill him. He had to run so far uh, away from what they were trying to do to him that at times they were coming after him and he had to be led out of the wall of a village in a basket so that he might escape the death that they were trying to give him. And then finally we see him imprisoned until he was killed. So we're talking about a man who struggled. We're talking about a man in the middle of a process right here, yet we don't hear that complaining, nagging. Anybody here know somebody that just complains all the time? You're like, man, if I have to listen to this one more second. I can't stand that kind of attitude. But we don't see that here. We don't see him. And you know what? This is hard. I'm going to go back to the school that I came from where people thought I was very intelligent. And I had an easy life. No. No. I like to think of Jesus right there. He says, for the uh, goal set before him, he endured the cross. (laughs) The process is the thing that most people want to turn their back on. But yet we see people who are are achieving the gifts that God has on their lives. We see them sticking through it so that's what I want to talk to us about tonight, guys, how we can look at this scripture and find what it means to go through the process. The first point that I want to make is that uh, the process is to be expected. Like, like if Jesus did it, if Paul had to do it, then why should we expect any less for us? And I'm not trying to badger you and get on you or anything like that, man. I'm just trying to let you see, like, if you're going through some strenuous thing, some tough things right now, right? And, and you kind of feel like things are caving in on you, but you know you're doing what God wants you to do. You're, you're reading your word, you're praying, you're worshiping. Let me, I'm just going to tell you, everybody goes through it. And you probably wish I could say, well, what's three steps to get out of it? You don't want out of it. You want to push through it. You want to get to the end of, that, end of that rope where you finally push through that process and you get what was coming for you the whole time. But guess what? Then you're going to go through another process because <laughs> that's what life is. It's about going through these things that might be hard. As a matter of fact, they will be hard. But then growing because of that hardship. And becoming the person that Jesus wants you to be. You see, I I tell somebody the other day, I told somebody the other day, that's funny. Um, I told somebody the other day, I was like, look, uh, we're not devoted to creating numbers in this youth ministry, although we've gained many numbers. Our devotion is creating disciples, right? Our devotion is creating people that love Jesus with their whole heart and that choose to then take him within themselves out to other people and say you know this guy named jesus really did a work in my life i think you should hear about him right i could care less how we act up here i want to hear about how you're acting out there i want to hear about you going through the process and coming out on the other side a better person because of it the process is to be expected And yeah, we're reading about Paul's process, but I want to kind of detour for a second to talk about Christ, right? Because he is the, the center of our faith, right? Shake your head, yes. Center of our faith. Yes. Yes. Thank you. I'm glad you agree. He is the center of our faith. Jesus, the very exact nature of God. I love how Hebrews 1 says that. He's the radiance of God's glory, the exact imprint of his nature, and he upholds the world with his right hand. What a beautiful scripture. Jesus, the creator of all things, that in him, that he created everything. John 1, he created you, knew you before your mother knew you. Jesus, the very son of God, the God man, the son of Yahweh, had to go through a period of process before he was able to fulfill the product that he was going to fulfill had to go through the process before his call really began. He he exposed himself to the painstaking, time-consuming process, right? That it would be 30 years on earth before he even began his call. Right? Began his preaching. 30 years, man, we don't want to wait 30 minutes. And <laughs> he waited 30 years before his call. Right? I've gotten into, I like hobbies, you might know that if you hear my wife talk for a minute. She always makes fun of me because I got so many hobbies. Anybody in here like hobbies? Have any hobbies? Right? I like doing all kinds of stuff. I like woodworking. I like making puzzles. I like hunting. I like fishing. I like doing all kinds of stuff. And I just ain't got the time to do it all. But I love hobbies. Now, if I picked up um, woodworking not that long ago, but if I would have, and I did, The first cut I made on the board, that thing looked like this. It was like a heartbeat, right? And that ain't good if you don't know anything about woodworking. That is bad. Like B-A-D, bad. But if I would have given up 30 minutes into that process and said, you know what, dude, I suck at this. There's no way. There's no way I'm going to make it through this and become better at this. Then I would have never been able to do the things I've done, and I'm still in that process, right? I am by no means... uh, Uh, A a, a, a skilled woodworker right but I've been able to make things that people will have in their homes forever but what I would have never been able to do that had I given up 30 minutes into the process right and and Jesus we see here was in 30 years into his life before he started his call 30 years into his life before he was able to start this call You see. Without going through the process, I'll never I would never be able to see the impact that could be made through me. Without going through the process to just kind of put it on your other terms, I could have never been the football player that I desired to be. And that's spring trainings right now. You guys playing football, man, that is a process, right? You're either going to be broke or you're gonna break it okay and and the goal that you might be able to meet is that on Friday night you get to stand under them lights right and no look back and say man it was way worth it way worth it." it it to all you athletes out there you you could not have uh got to the place you are in your athlete uh in your sport of choice if you had not gone through the processes right Uh, You don't just get out there never once putting forth effort for an extended amount of time and then expect to be a starter. It just doesn't work that way because we have to go through the process in order to achieve the product that we desire. See, the process is not only something we should expect, but it's something we should embrace. Something we should embrace. The second thing about this is that, uh, the process requires patience. And you're like, oh, crap, not that word. <laughs> not that word, Cade. The process requires patience. You see, patience is most definitely a virtue, but let me, in, <clears throat> let, me let you in on a really, a really good tip. That it's also a learned characteristic, too. That although you might not be patient right now, and I know you ain't, right? You're knocking on that microwave with them hot, hot pockets taking longer than 45 seconds. Like, come on, hey, I'm trying to eat, right? So we, uh, we are not patient people. But good thing patience is a, a characteristic that we can learn to be better at. And more than that, what does Galatians say about that? Galatians says this in 522 and 23 that the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience. Thank God it's the fruit of the Spirit because I know I can't get it on my own. That the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Man, you know what's so good about that? That God gives us His Spirit. That when we come to know who He is and make Him Lord in our life, He puts His Spirit inside of us. That He gives us His spirit, such a beautiful, wonderful gift. And the gift of that spirit is that we now have these spiritual fruit. That we can acquire these spiritual fruit. And one of those being patience. Now let me ask you this. How how, uh, might God react if you're starting to follow him in your life? And you're putting in the effort. Not that you need, not that effort gains your salvation, but you put in effort because of your salvation. And you're putting in effort, guys, all right? You're putting in effort, and you're reading your Bible. And you might forget a day, we all do. But you're trying to know who he is. You're trying to love him. You're trying to worship him. And the next thing you know, you find yourself praying, saying, God, I know what your word says about the fruit of the Spirit. That there's love, joy, peace, patience. Lord, help me love those that are hard to love. Help me to have joy in circumstances that should bring me sadness. Lord, let me have peace in the middle of the turmoil that is my life. And God, God grant me the opportunity to have patience. The Bible says that that he cares for the sparrows, that even they find food to eat. How much more does he care about you? And you start praying and asking God, Lord, help me. Help me acquire more patience. Help me to be more patient. And I assure you, friend, he will hear you. And he'll give you those opportunities. He'll give you those opportunities Anything in our life that's a process that we desire to have this good product from is going to require patience. Anybody ever dealt with a relationship? Man, you don't know you need patience until you love another person. (laughs) It's the truth. She'd say the same thing about me right now, I promise you. When I'm always grabbing the broom and I'm like, like I hate stuff being on my floor. Has anybody got that? Like you want to walk around your floor barefoot? You don't want stuff to stick to your feet. So I'm like constantly like <laughs> sleep in the house. She's like, how many times you gonna sleep the house today? I'm like, I'm going for number six. All right, number six. Maybe it'll be clean after this. All right, that drives her crazy, cause she's a different person than me. She needs patience with me, right? She needs patience with me. Well, you know the thing about relationships is they're not you. And the thing about the relationship they have with you is. They're not you. So guess what? We're bringing all kinds of craziness to the table when we decide to have relationships with each other. We definitely need patience. The fruit of the Spirit, it's like, I think it's like when when the Holy Spirit was uh, uh, leading Paul to write about that, he was just like, man, I know people, and I know relationships, and they need this. (laughs) They need this. They need to know how to love each other supernaturally. They need to know how to have joy absolutely supernaturally. And it goes on and on. Definitely patience. <clears throat> if I'm going to acquire the thing that I hope this goal, this process is going to give me, then man, oh man, I need patience. I need to have the ability to know that it's gonna come even though it might take some time, right? i got to have patience to to not throw my controller at the wall when a nine-year-old cusses me out on Fortnite. Right? I need to have the patience to be able to push through that. And it better not be any of y'all out there cussing folks out on Fortnite. (laughs) Right? I need to have patience. And the last point that I want to make, guys, is that The product of God's process is always precise. It's always precise. You see, just because the product doesn't look like we thought it needed to look like when we got to the end of it, does not mean that God was not in that. We have really mixed views about the way things should turn out. But God's view is always perfect. It's always perfect. See, God is doing something in your life constantly. He is. Now, I want to tell you guys a story. As you can tell, I'm having some trouble. I want to tell you guys a story. Now, I'm going to be vulnerable with you, and this is how I uh, oftentimes talk to you guys. I tell you about my hardships. I tell you about my struggles. Because I hope that you can relate, knowing that, hey, somebody else struggles with me. Now, I want to tell you, a story about something that I went through in my own life, and how, at the time, I did not see this as a process that would end in a precise production of what God had for me. But man, oh man, was it! About six years ago, I um, <clears throat> found myself in a real, real terrible spot, and that I brought onto myself. I was headfirst in addiction. Those of you who might not have heard that story. Here's a little bit of it. I was headfirst in an addiction. I had a serious drug addiction. A life separate from Christ. As a matter of fact, I said that he wasn't real. Yet, once you hear this, you see that God's grace is <laughs> so real. I didn't know that, that he was real. I didn't believe that he was real. As a matter of fact, I thought that he was not. And I was in the bathroom, and I looked up in the mirror. And when I looked up in the mirror, I saw this person. And I saw this person that I hated. I saw this person that was empty, emotionally, physically, spiritually. I saw a person that had nothing, literally a bag of clothes, living with somebody else in another apartment. And I looked at myself and I just could not stand who I saw. A few weeks later, something happened and I'm with my mom. And um, I break down in the car. Like I didn't have a car at the time. My license was suspended. I was a crazy different person, dude. I was telling Darren's story the other day, and she was like, there's no way this was you. It was God. But I was riding with my mom, and my mom looked over at me because I was looking out her window, and I was weeping. And you, and you know, I cry easy, but I was weeping. And my, uh, Mom says, son, what's wrong? And I said, nothing. She said, she pulled the car over by Gardner Park, where we were the other day. And she said, what's wrong? And I said, mom, I need help. I need help. She, she was so such a wonderful mom. She didn't even see the chaos that my life was. She, she said, help from what? I said, I'm in an addiction, a bad addiction. I need help. A week after that, I found myself in rehab, a faith-based rehab. The first person who was going through this rehab was me. And God radically saved me. He radically saves anybody if he saves you, right? You turn to 180, that's radical. Radical. <laughs> right, dude. But anyway, I, God radically changed my life. He saved me. He gave me Uh, A something that I never thought I would find myself. You see, I didn't know that God was leading me into a relationship with him when I looked in that mirror and I saw that I hated myself. I didn't know that God was calling me out of a life of absolute sin and into a life of, of righteousness because of who he is. When I looked down and couldn't see anything in myself but hurt. And trauma and pain. I didn't know that God in a rehab was working in me. The call of him to call me as a pastor. But yet that was the product of that process that he had for me in my life. You see, we don't really know what God wants to do in our life. Because if you knew what he wanted to do in your life, it would freak you out to think about it because it's such drastic measures he wants to do things that are infinitely greater than anything you could ever ask or will to do for yourself because he loves you that much that he wants to take you and take you from being just a regular teacher one day to being a teacher who leads kids to christ he wants to take you and take you from being a regular nurse one day, and take you and lead you into a person that prays with somebody as they are about to pass into their next life. He wants to take you, and take you from being just a regular old coach that cusses at kids and and downgrades them, and brings you to be a coach who shows that a godly man can exist. Because he is greater than anything you could ever think about. And the things he has for you are greater than anything you could ever desire for yourself. If you would just trust the process of what he wants to do in your life. To close, guys, I want us to look at verse 24 one more time. 23 and 24. It says, they only were hearing it said, he who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. And they glorified God because of me you see God will not only use the process that you go through to give you a product that you could never expect from him that is so precise and divine but he'll use that story if you're vulnerable like I just try to be he'll use that story to bring about freedom and the breaking of chains in other people's lives that now I used to persecute the Church of Christ he held the coat Of the men that stoned the deacon Stephen to death. And approved of it. I used to persecute the church. And now. They glorify God because of me. Your process affects more than just you. It affects those around you that will know you. The product that God wants to ordained in your life is so much greater than you'll ever think about if you'll only trust him through the process pick up your Bibles it's not a thing to just sit on your shelf God wants to talk to you we're not waiting for some meta spiritual weird thing to happen or some conference to go to no we're, we're going to go look for that now because he's already written enough If you want to go through the process and find a product at the end of it that lines up with will, God's will, then guess what? You need to line up with his will through the process. Don't expect God's, don't expect God's blessings when living like the devil. Don't, don't do it. Trust the process. He's got a plan for it. And it's bigger than anything you would ever think about. Let's pray. Father God, we're to thank you, Jesus, for who you are. Thank you for the work that you're doing in the lives of these students, God. Thank you for the work that you're doing in my heart, God. May, may I just continually repent of where I find myself falling short of what you've called me to do and, and, and strive to follow you closer, Jesus. Lord, you never, ever, ever leave us, but yet we constantly turn around and leave you. May we repent of that. Jesus, and repent means to change, or maybe try to better ourselves in our relationship with you by actually having a relationship with you, Jesus, or for those of us who have been struggling with the process, Lord, I pray that this was a message of encouragement to help them see, God, that you have great things just waiting for them in their life, God. They would just trust the process. Lord, we love you and we love your people. And God, help us to desire the fruits of your spirit. To love those who are impossible to love. To have joy in the midst of pain. To have peace in homes that might not be very peaceful have patience to deal with other humans God and to deal with ourselves where <laughs> we might fall short or we not fall into a place of condemnation but instead conviction and transformation or we love you we thank you for all you do in our lives all you've already done if there was nothing else that you ever did in my life but all you did was give yourself on the cross that I might come to know you, that that veil between me and you would be torn, as Harper said earlier, God, then that was enough. I hope we can all come to a place and mindset like that, Jesus. In your holy name we pray. Amen. Guys, I want you to take a, take a time to... Uh